whole thing that we're going to look at today is sort of centered around this whole thing of trust. And, um, and we're going to look at a, the second uh, miracle of John, and uh, we're going to read it in a moment. It's from uh, John chapter 4 uh, and verse 46 to 54. So if you uh, want to follow it in your, in your Bible, and I'll be reading it out, and you can just listen. But if you want to follow it, it's from John 4, uh, 46 uh, to 54. And um, funnily enough, I was going to, to bring up uh, the verse uh, that uh, Jamie just read out there. Um, those that have sort of studied these things, and I'm not a biblical scholar by any, any means, um, but um, will know that uh, the four Gospels um, are divided into two. There's the Matthew, Mark and Luke, which are called the Synoptic Gospels for those that, uh, you know, like to do these things. And they're very, and the reason they do that is they're very similar. Um, they're very they're chronological, they go through the life of Jesus and they share many um, different aspects are, um, in the, the Gospels. Uh, uh, you see a, a number of the same things recorded in each of those Gospels. John's Gospel is, is somewhat different. There's a lot of unique things in here and it's written in a different way. Um, and, uh, and John had, a, a not obviously, the, they're, they're all there to explain who Jesus was. And uh, the first three Gospels are mainly doing it in, in, a, in just giving the life of Jesus, what he did, uh, so that people could know it. John is more interested in getting into the depth of who Jesus was and to help people come to believe. Um, and, uh, and it is summed up in the, the verse that, that, uh, uh, that Jamie read out. And I'm just going to read that again. In John 20, verse 30 and 31, it says, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so John has a really clear aim. I want my, the, what, I, what I record, how I record it, is to help people to come to faith. But not only that, and I think this is one of the keys for us, is that many of us on the call today will have already come to faith. Um, there may be some here that aren't, and, and I hope that today you would get a glimpse of who Jesus really is and what he's uh, calling us to. Um, but the end of that, that verse is, um, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And it's not simply that we get uh, saved and we have everlasting life in heaven. That, that term life means real life, true life that we can experience and know now. It's not simply being saved, it's, it's experiencing the full life of God and what he has for us as we live on this earth and experiencing his presence, experiencing his goodness, experiencing uh, all the amazing things he has to offer us. And so John is saying, look, actually, as you, as you read these things, as you contemplate what I'm writing, you are going to have keys to understand and unlocking that life that uh, Jesus has for us. And so that's my prayer today is that as we look at this, uh, uh, this miracle, we would not only see an amazing miracle, which it is, but actually get some keys to experience more of that life that, uh, that John is talking about, that Jesus has for us. Um, so just going then to, to, the, to the story, um, it's a story of a, of a healing, a healing of a boy. Um, but as we go through it, I wanna particularly focus on the boy's father. And uh, he really is the focus uh, of Jesus's uh, concern, if you like. I mean, obviously, the boy is very much Jesus's concern, but it's actually the process the father goes through. 
uh, that I want to concentrate on and how Jesus helps him and leads him um, into a, a wonderful place. So let's read it together. Um, so it's John 4, <clears throat> starting at verse 46. Once more he, that is Jesus, visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miracle, miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. So, <clears throat> on the face of it, this is just an amazing healing. Jesus heals a boy who was close to death. But in doing so, Jesus had a much greater purpose in affecting not only the boy, but all those around him, and particularly the father. Um, now, I just want to go through uh, what we what we can see here. Now, uh, this uh, is a royal official. He clearly has some understanding of Jesus. He's either um, heard about stuff that he's been doing or miracles he's been doing in Jerusalem. In chapter two of John, it records that Jesus was doing miracles. We're not told exactly what they are, um, but he was doing um, some, some great signs and wonders in Jerusalem. And either the official was there uh, when, uh, when he saw Jesus doing these things, or he'd had reports about Jesus. And, um, uh, but we don't really know how, but he'd heard about him. And so now uh, he was in a situation where he needed Jesus. Uh, his son was close to death. And, uh, and if we think about this guy, um, he, what, what we're told about him was that he was a royal official, um, presumably in Herod's, uh, uh, the, the King Herod's um, um, household and, and so on. So he would have been someone of probably quite a lot of wealth. Um, he would have had uh, quite a lot of standing. He would have been an important person. Um, we hear later on that he had uh, servants. So clearly he, he was wealthy and, um, and he was someone of influence. Um, and yet he had come to this point where he could do nothing for his son. He probably, and we don't know whether the son was um, uh, ill for a long time and, and gradually got worse or it was a sudden illness. Certainly he would have had access to doctors. Um, he would have had access to the best doctors, no doubt, because of his standing and, and his wealth. And uh, he would have no doubt have gone down that avenue. He would have uh, called them and said, look, look, my son's ill. Can you can you do something about it? Um, um, but clearly none of that worked. And uh, and we record the, 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 the um, uh, 
the, the passage records that, that the son was close to death. This man was got uh, was was desperate, and he had got to the end of his own resources and his own abilities to do something about it, and uh, and nothing had worked. And so now he was coming to Jesus. He knew very little about him, uh, and we'll see that a bit later. He didn't really understand who he was, but he thought this is my last chance. And as I was thinking about this, I think I was thinking he must have been so scared so frightened and yet sometimes sometimes this is a process that that we need to go through to come to the end of our own resources to get to the point of saying god i need you jesus i need you and sometimes although this is a scary place it's also a wonderful place because it takes us from relying on our own abilities and doing what we can do and throwing ourselves on what God can do and his unlimited resources. And, and getting to that point is a wonderful place. It's a scary place. It's a difficult place because we, we feel exposed. We feel, you know, and some of us, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I, I think I'm quite a resourceful chap. I can do some DIY around the house and I can do this and I can do that. And, I, and normally my first response to any situation is, what can I do to sort this out? And sometimes God wants us to come to the end of that. In fact, often God wants us to come to the end of that and say, actually, don't look at what you can do. Look at what I can do. And suddenly the, the what can be achieved and what can be done just expands vastly. And so this is what happened to this, this man. He was brought to the end of his own resources and threw himself onto the resources of Jesus, which, of course, are endless. So... He makes the trek from his home in Capernaum to Cana. That's about 16 miles. He, he would have heard about Jesus. He, he would have left his ill son, uh, not knowing whether he'd ever see him again uh, alive, and went to Cana, 16 miles away, to plead with Jesus. And so we read um, that actually he comes and he begs Jesus. Um, now, uh, the word, uh, if, you, if you look into the, 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 the original, is that he, it was a continual begging. He was desperate. Um, now, we, we also uh, get a, an, underst uh, an understanding that he really didn't understand who Jesus was. There was two things that he said to Jesus. He said to Jesus, come and heal my son. And come because he's about to die and I need you to come now because he's about to die so there's two things he didn't understand and probably uh, uh, to no not understandable probably most people would have thought about Jesus in this way a Jesus you need to be there and b Jesus you need to do it before he dies because after he dies there's no hope of course we know that both of those things aren't necessary for Jesus because of who he is and yet the, the understanding at the initial part of the story is, is what a lot of people would have thought. Actually, to heal, you need to be there uh, and, and it needs to be before he dies. The understanding and the depth and the breadth of who Jesus was was not known to him at that point. But anyway, he goes to Jesus and says, will you come and heal my son? 
Now, Jesus then says something which I think could be interpreted as a little bit harsh. He says to the man, let me read it, unless you people see a miraculous sign and wonder, you will never believe. Now, on the face of it, this is Jesus. I mean, this man is desperate. He's not coming to you uh, to just to be wowed by, oh, that's an amazing miracle. That's great. Oh, show me another one. Uh, that's not what he's there for. He's coming because he's desperate. He's coming because he wants to save his son. He wants his son to be healed. And so you think, well, why does Jesus say this to him? Well, there is a really important uh, message that Jesus is trying to get across here. And that is about you need to see something. You need to see before you will believe. And it's about proof. You want proof. And so this is what Jesus says to the Bible. Now the guy says, you know, he almost ignores what Jesus says and says, please come down before my son dies. He says that next in verse 50. And then Jesus says something that would have challenged the man to the core. He said, quite simply, you may go, your son will live. Or literally, you may go, your son lives. We have now a situation where this man has a, almost a decision to make. He's there, Jesus has, has said something to him, and he's got a response. And as I, I thought about this, I said, what sort of response could he have? Well, I think there's possible three responses. The first response is to carry on begging Jesus. Jesus, okay, I hear what you say, but look, will you, look, 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 come down, please come down. I need you to be there. That's the first response. The second response is to give up, to say, he's not coming. He's clearly not going to come and hear my boy. I'm just going to have to go and, and accept the fact that my son's going to die. Or the third option, which is the one he took, of course, is I'm going to believe that. And he was challenged at that point. Will you believe without seeing? Will you believe? I've, I've accused you, almost, says Jesus, of needing to see before you believe. But actually, I'm going to test you. Will you believe before you see anything? Will you take my words? Will you believe who I am? Will you take me as the person that I really am? And of course, the man says, and, and the Bible records quite simply, the man took him at his word. How, how he came to this, uh, my, my simple understanding is that in being with Jesus, being in his presence, just experiencing this man for himself, he realized this was no ordinary faith healer. This was no ordinary prophet. This was somebody extraordinary. And actually, I'm going to believe what you say. And so he went away and he took Jesus at his word. He didn't beg anymore. And he went away with expectation and hope. And the reality of it is he had he needed it. It wasn't until about 12 to 15 hours uh, the next day that he actually found out uh, what had happened to his son. The Bible records that um, the son was healed at the seventh hour. Now, in Roman timings that would have been seven o'clock in the evening now if I were the, were the the man I would want to have gone straight away but he was 16 miles from his town it was night there was no way he could make that journey 
So he would have had to stay overnight. And no doubt uh, he would have got up at first light, maybe six o'clock in the morning and left. The servants obviously probably left at the same time. So they probably met in the middle around about 10 or 11. And it was at that point he would have found out from the servants, your son is alive, your son has been healed. And he had to wait a, a long time. But even though he went away uh, with hope and expectation, what an amazing encounter that must have been to have found out that his son was indeed healed just because Jesus had said so. And uh, that would have been just an amazing uh, time for him uh, and, for the, and for the servants just to understand what had happened. Now, the result of that, as we record, um, in verse 53, it says there, then the father realized that this was the exact time Jesus has said, your son lives. So he and all his household believed. And, um, and really, this, this comes to the sort of central point of what Jesus was about and what Jesus wanted to, to achieve. Yeah, he cared for the son. Yes, he wanted the son healed. But far more, he wanted the reality of who he was to become known to these people. And of course, this simple faith of this man caused not only him and his son, but his wife, his other children, if he had them, and his servants to come to faith in Jesus. And this was the whole emphasis of what Jesus was trying to do. This is why he said uh, and challenged him, do you need to see? Are you waiting to see something? Or are you simply going to believe me, who I am, what I say? And of course, that's what he did. And as a result, many, many were affected. And, uh, and, uh, and no doubt people within um, Herod's palace as well. So I want to just conclude with, with just seeing how this can um, impact us, how, how this can be applied to us. And, and I, I, you know, I found this challenging for me and um, in terms of particularly, where is my trust? Where is my faith? Do I trust because I've seen and I'm seeing God at work? Am I trusting because I'm experiencing it for myself right now? Or am I trusting simply because I know Jesus has said something? Uh, even if I haven't yet experienced it, even if I'm not yet seeing it, am I trusting simply because Jesus says it? And, and this is, you know, this is a, a, in, can come across so many areas of our life. Um, so do we believe he will never leave us simply because he said it, even when we don't feel it? Do we believe he will give us everything if we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness simply because he said it. Do we believe that we don't need to worry about food and provisions and clothes simply because he says we don't need to worry? Do we believe that he heals when we see healings or simply because he says you will do greater things than I did? Will we step out into healings only when we see it happen? Or because Jesus said, when you believe, signs and wonders will follow you. And, and you know, I went through some of these things and I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I'm, I'm waiting. I'll believe it when I see it. And Jesus is challenging us and saying, are you going to take me at, you, at my word? 
Are you going to be like this man and actually take it uh, that when I say something, when, when you read something in the Bible, when you hear something, you say, no, I'm going to believe that because you said it, Jesus. I'm going to believe it because it's there and you are who you say you are and because you are God and because you are unlimited by space and time and because, and because what you say is always true and always right and, and, and nothing uh, is wasted in your words. And, and are we going to get hold of, of like, like this man? Uh, and say, God, I'm, I'm going to believe you. And so I want to uh, just, you know, I want to be challenged, if you like, by the faith of this man. He had come to the end of himself and he threw himself on Jesus. He didn't see anything and yet still believed. And then later on, that faith uh, was multiplied, not only to himself and his son, uh, but to his wife, to his community. And, and it's a believing group of people that will ripple down the generations. It's a believing group of people that will impact uh, the society and the areas around them. It's a believing group of people that will see uh, tremendous impact. And so Jesus is calling us and encouraging us and saying, you can trust me. You can believe in me. I am who I say I am. I am the great uh, provider. I am the great lover of your soul. I am the one who is true to his word. I am the one that heals. I am the one that will provide everything that you need. I am the one who loves you and who will never leave you. And you can trust me. And as you believe that, as you sink that into your soul, so that will have such impact upon the society you're in, upon your children, upon your children's children, upon all those around you, upon your household, upon your community. And so God is calling us to, to encounter him as this man did and just to believe what he says and to, and to see greater things happen simply because we take Jesus at his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have such plans and purposes for us. Lord, you, uh, Lord, you want us to experience your life day by day and not simply that that we're saved how wonderful that is that simply that we have been forgiven how wonderful that is but actually to know the life of Jesus flowing through us experiencing your presence and your goodness day after day and and father we do that as we take you at your word mm -hmm. as we come to the end of ourselves and what we can achieve and we come and say God I believe you I believe what you said. I believe what you've spoken to me about. And I'm going to go uh, and act knowing that it's true. Uh, even if I haven't seen anything yet, I'm going to go and believe it because you said it. And Lord, we will see so many more things. We will see such impact upon our lives and those of those around us, Lord. And, and Father, we just pray, help us. Help us in our unbelief. Help us as we encounter you to, to grow in our faith and trust in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.